When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 17. Episode 28. This is Writing Excuses. Dialogue Masterclass, Episode 1. Keys to Writing Dialogue. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Dan. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Maurice. And I'm Howard. And we are very excited to have with us for this brand new class, Maurice Broadus. You've recorded with us in the past. You were one of our instructors on our retreat. We're so happy to have you back. Uh, Maurice, tell our listeners about yourself. So, oh, hey, glad to be back. Uh, I, I like to say I have three jobs. I am the resident Afrofuturist at a community organization called the Kepler Institute. I'm a science fiction and fantasy author. Uh, I have, man, I have two books that just came out this year. Uh, and then I'm also a, a middle school teacher. So keeping it busy. Man, no kidding. That is a lot of stuff. Well, uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, one of those books that just came out earlier this year, uh, later on as our book of the week. But for right now, let's jump into this class. Um, the be, next eight episodes, we're going to have Maurice teaching us about dialogue. And our first episode here are the keys to writing dialogue. So this is where we're starting. Maurice, where do we start so, so yeah, so it's one of those things. So dialogue comes easily to some people and it's like a chore for other people. Uh, I definitely fell into the chore category uh, when I was first starting out. And, uh, and so I was trying to think of like different ways that, uh, you know, that I could use to just improve my, my dialogue writing. And, and so for me, it came down to like three different things. It's like pay attention to how people speak. Um, and then when I'm writing, only evoke how people really speak. Um, and then after that, it's like, how, how do I concentrate on, on making each character's voice distinct? And so th- those are the ways I tend to come at, at dialogue. That is really fascinating to me. What do you mean? What's the difference there between paying attention to how people speak 
but then only evoking how they speak. Okay. So, uh, so, all right. so what, one of the most uh, helpful exercises I've ever done, and, and so pay attention because this may be homework for you all later on, is uh, <laughs> I, I was assigned, and it was back in, in college, and I, I was assigned, uh, hey, record a family dinner. And so it was, so, <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, so I was in college, and it was, the assignment was re- record a family dinner and then transcribe it just to see what happens. And so, uh, so my family dinner, and this like, uh, and like I said, this was a, a, I was a much younger person at the time, so I was still living at home. But it was a uh, me, my sister, uh, my brother, my mother, and my father. My mother's from Jamaica. My dad is from uh, here in the states. Uh, I was uh, uh, born in London. There's a nine-year age difference between me and my sister. And so. I'd never really thought about it before, but when you when I recorded that family conversation, and believe me, people forget about the microphone five minutes in, because hmm. my mom went from trying to be all proper, blah, 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 to, all right, so why are you guys throwing food at the dinner table? You know, it's <laughs> that, that sort of thing. Um, but it was really interesting to just sit there and then analyze that conversation, because all of a sudden you can dissect people. Well, not, don't, oh, that sounded awful. But uh, <laughs> you get a feel for it's like, oh. So with my parents, there's different kinds of uh, slang that's being used uh, generationally between my dad, me, and then my sister. Um, there's different uh, work jargon that gets used because my mom is a nurse and, and I was in college. And so there's a, that's a, and I was a, uh, as a scientist at the time. So now there's different sorts of jargon that's being used. Um, and so and then who's driving the conversation? Because, you know, people interrupt and, and p- different people drive the conversation. And so it was just a fascinating exercise um, to, just to see how the dynamics of, of just conversation. Uh, but that's different from evoking, because I have a, another friend, his name's Gerald. Uh, he's, he's a mechanic. Um, and I, 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 and me and Gerald, we go, we go back decades. We're in the same gaming group. But Gerald can't describe the weather without using the F-bomb. I mean, there is mm-hmm. no sense he can't work that into. And I love how he speaks because uh, he, he's one of, the, uh, one of the cleverest people I know. Um, so I, I love his, his, his use of language, but I can't use the way he actually speaks as dialogue because that is a lot. Um, so now it's like, how do I evoke how Gerald speaks uh, versus transcribing how Gerald speaks? Does, does that make sense? That yeah. absolutely does. Yeah, because one of the things also is that when you are having a conversation with someone in real life, so much of it is also happening with nonverbal um, and with tone. And also there's all of the places where you're like, um, er, and the sentences are incomplete sentences. And we can string it together when we're listening to the conversation in person because we're, we're used to editing that out. And and adding in all of the the nuances that are coming from things other than words. But when you put that stuff down on the page, people just sound incoherent. And so you want to get that sense of you know that the, as you say the evoking the the senses of rhythm and mm-hmm. uh, and background from the uh, from the uh or uh. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that once in a. Uh in a scene in a book and it was, I can't remember which it was one of the, one of the John Cleaver books where I had just done jury duty. And oh one of the lawyers that uh, was in the case, he said, uh, 
between almost every word. And it was crazy. And all of the jurors were talking about it and, and how funny it was. And so later I decided to try to put this into a book. And it was the most miserable experience trying to read it. Uh, it was as accurate a reproduction of human dialogue as I could produce. And it was abysmal to try to read. Yeah. Well, to be Which, fair, when you put that much uh, into uh, your uh, dialogue, it's abysmal to listen to. <laughs> Which is why you were all talking about it. Yeah, I mean, that's why it caught your attention. But mm-hmm. you can you can evoke that by having the uh appear a significantly less frequently in in dialogue, and that will give the reader the sense. Like I will have occasionally my characters repeat a word, you know, in in the way that we do. Like that one was deliberate, but it is a thing that we do, and so I'll occasionally have them do that to give a a sense of someone who's like reaching for a word, trying to figure out what they're saying next. But I would never do it to the degree that I do it naturally in real life. Yeah, same thing with uh, with with profanity. Because uh, it, it's, you know, admittedly, I've been known to use the occasional curse word. Um, I know, just in case any of my middle school students are listening to this, uh, <laughs> it's been known to happen. Uh, but like, uh, but in the case of like my friend Gerald, it's just like, hey, you know, one or two sprinkled in in the course of a passage is one thing. One or two sprinkled in every clause <laughs> is, is another. <laughs> mm-hmm. An entirely different experience. So- so it sounds like he's using the F-bomb as a uh. Right. Well, as a uh and a noun and a verb, occasional <laughs> adjective. Noun, yeah. verb, adjective, right. adverb, right. exclamation, interjection. It's a very flexible word. It's, it's, it's quite a flexible word. It's quite the word. Um, right. It's funny oh, because God. when I think of Maurice cursing, <laughs> I, I think I often think of, you know, curse words as weaponized language. Because sometimes that's that's what they're there for. They're there to they're there to sting somebody. When I curse, it's like kid with a slingshot. I'm imagining Maurice cursing with that basso profundo, amazing baritone, and that's that's a crew served weapon. Right, right. It'll stop a conversation. (laughs) Hey, writers, are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all, think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Speaking of Speaking stopping, of stopping conversations, conversations. <laughs> okay, we're all in there on that. Let, one. Let, let me drop this one and let's do our book of the week, uh, which this week is yours, Maurice. Sweep of Stars. Tell us about that. So, Sweep of Stars is book one in my uh, Astro Black trilogy. It's uh, uh, my first foray, foray into uh, the space opera, and uh, it's about uh, this uh, intergalactic uh, Pan African led uh, community known as uh, Muangano. And uh, just their explorations uh, within the universe. So we have, uh, you know, Moongano proper as they're navigating uh, some of the internal political issues. We have um, a starship powered by jazz music um, exploring the universe. <laughs> and, uh, and we have a, an elite military unit who is exploring on the other side of a wormhole. And then uh, how all of these things uh, are interconnected. Sounds fantastic. That is Sweep of Stars by Maurice Broadus, available right now. Go and buy it with your hard-earned money and read it and love it. Now, let, let me get back to one of the other things you said at the beginning. One of these key tricks or tools that you use, uh, you said, is making sure that the different people have different types of dialogue, that they sound different from each other, Right. Uh, which is, I find... Uh, it, also a tool that I use and something that I think is very important to make sure that everyone sounds, you know, like a different person. Uh, how do you do that? What, what are some of the, the tools that you use to accomplish that? Yeah. So this is where, uh, you know, diagramming out that conversation uh, was really helpful for me because I'm keying in on what makes e each of us, which just sounds weird, but each of my family members as characters, what, what makes us work, Right. 
So my mother is uh, from Jamaica, and uh, and and her patois uh, increases or de- she it decreases when she's in a casual setting, but increases when she's either excited or angry or surrounded by uh, other relatives. Then all of a sudden, the patois thickens. Um, but it also the other quirk about her dialogue is uh, she can't cuss right. And so huh. she, uh, despite being here in many decades, she can never get cussing right, uh, which is hysterical. Because then we try to provoke her to cuss at us and then uh, just to watch her, you know, put, put your cussing. Uh, but, you know, so you have those things. Like, uh, uh, so already we have uh, culture, we have nationality, and we have um, uh, culture, nationality, uh, and, and age, you know, all, all factoring in to help define her and as class. a character. And class. Exactly. And class. Um and then, you know, and then and so you just apply those same things to each of the characters. How, how are they working in terms of, you know, their their uh, their cultural origin, uh, their level of education, uh, their vocation, um, their age, their their use of slang, all, all these different things and, and the community they hang hang around with, because people tend to conform to the communities they're in, in in a lot of cases. And then when you take them out of that community, so sometimes they sound like that, that community. And then sometimes when you pull them out, oh, now, how, how do they sound? So uh, it's all, all those little things, which all boils down to uh, defining those characters in a very specific way. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about this more when we get there's a point when we get uh, to to talking about the nuances of this, um, which like just to add on to what Maurice is saying, I just want to hit very quickly that one of the the things that he's talking about when he's talking about you know, culture and nationality and class and, and age and all of that, that all of that goes into making up what we think of as accent. It's very easy to think of accent as just this single flat thing that has to do with how you pronounce words, and that's the least important part of accent. Um, there's also the other, I think, two major things that affect um, the voice of a character are the pacing and or or rhythm of the the character and also the attitude. So like you can have two Southerners from the same place, one of whom speaks very, very slowly and one speaks with a, a clipped rapid pace, even, even though their accent is the same, just because of their, their difference in personalities. You know, one of the things that I, uh, I come back to this a lot when I'm looking at dialogue Um Back in the long, long ago times when I was dating, uh, there was this there was this terminology or there was this term for the conversation you have with your potential significant other, this person you've been dating. Uh, the term was DTR, and it, it meant define the relationship. And it's this conversation where the two of you are sitting down and talking about us. And a DTR can run for hours. But in, for instance, a romance novel, you get a page and a half. How do you compress the enormous emotional, you know, romantic, angry, whatever, uh, explorations of a DTR in a page and a half? And the answer is, well, you have to listen to a lot of dialogue, you have to read a lot of dialogue, and you have to learn a lot of shortcuts. 
Um, you have to identify what the uh, what the key moments are, and you have to be willing to compress. And it's kind of a lossy compression algorithm, but uh, <laughs> but you got to compress it. I find myself suddenly very curious uh, as to what different patterns of speech you would find if somebody did that analysis Maurice is talking about with one of our episodes. Uh, that would be uh-huh. fun. <laughs> <laughs> Though, th- yeah. again, that would also be interesting just because this is not a standard conversation. We are, uh, you know, performing uh, we are teaching. There's the way we speak now is going to be different than the way we would speak in a non-podcast scenario. But that is Forsooth, what are you saying? Verily, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is going to be our homework. Uh, Maurice, do you want to send him home with some homework this week? Yeah. So you know what? Uh, yeah, I love the idea of, of people just taking some time and just recording a conversation with everybody's permission. Let's get that out, you know, make sure everybody's aware mm-hmm. that there's a, a, you know, a recording in progress, but yet yeah, record a conversation, you and your friends, you, you and your family, you know, whatever, you 15 minutes of conversation and then go through and either transcribe it or, or just listen to it with, with the ear of, Ooh, how, how does it, how do we sound as characters and how would this work as a, as a, a dialogue exchange? I'm, I'm going to ask people to actually transcribe it because I am going to ask you to use that transcription later in this series for a piece of homework assignment. Uh, for those of you for whom transcription is difficult, uh, for there's a uh, software out there called Descript, um, which will transcribe things for you. Um, but if you are able to transcribe it yourself, I encourage you to do that because it causes you to pay attention to the di- the way the dialogue happens in different ways. Sounds great. So there's your homework, and there's a little sneak preview of what will be happening later on in this series. Uh, join us next week. We're going to talk more and more and dig into some nitty-gritty details on dialogue. So this is Writing Excuses. You are out of excuses. Now go write. For this episode of Writing Excuses, your hosts were Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, Maurice Broadus, and Howard Taylor. It was engineered by Daniel Thompson and mastered by Alex Jackson. To find more of Writing Excuses and support us, check out patreon.com slash writing excuses. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.